Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance with guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line and so much going on today. It'll be impossible to get it in in two hours. Call Max. Tell him I need a third hour. I can't, I can't get it all in in two hours today. I have so much to talk about. In just five minutes, Tom Brady has more in common with Michael Jordan than you think. Plus, Paul Fonbaum will join me on the conundrum we are all about to witness. And today is the anniversary of a very special day in my life, and I will share details, intimate details, if you will. They actually are intimate, and they're funny, and they're all on the way. But there's only one place to begin today. Our top story today is that the Dallas Cowboys need to hit the plunger, and there's only one person to blame for where it all began. And that person is the person who owns the star. The star, which is at this point the most valuable logo in American sports. They have replaced the New York Yankees as the heritage sporting franchise in the United States. The Dallas Cowboys are disheveled. They are on the verge of being dismantled. And yesterday they lost one of their biggest supporters. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the big swagoo Marcus Spears, whom you see with me all the time on Get Up. And now you see every day on NFL Live. And he's a former cowboy and he bleeds cowboys blue. But yesterday he acknowledged what I think many of us were working up to saying. And that is that the end of Dak in Dallas might well be approaching. If you didn't hear it, here was Marcus yesterday on NFL Live. Dak Prescott should want out of Dallas. Off yeah. the top of your head, where would he go? Where would Dak want to go? Oh, 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 it's a team on the West Coast with a coach named Kyle Shanahan Ooh. and a GM named John Lynch. Well, 49ers love action. to have Dak right. Prescott running that Ooh. offense. The right. San Francisco 49ers. Okay. So let's focus on the first part of that and not the second. Where he may wind up is not where I want to focus now because there's too many options. If Dak Prescott becomes a free agent, which he can do if he wants, he in fact actually right now, despite the fact that when last seen, his foot was facing in the wrong direction, he has more leverage than any football player that ever lived, ever did at any given time. Let me say that again. Dak Prescott, right this minute, has more leverage than any football player ever has at any given time. Because the Dallas Cowboys screwed this up so badly. And here's what's going to happen. He is going to initiate the beginning of the end of this team, and it will wind up being the best thing that ever happened to them. Because to run this thing back next year would be a huge mistake. They stink. And Dak Prescott is the best thing they have going for them, but he has put himself in a position where he is unwieldy price-wise based upon what they need to do. They brought in a new coach and drafted a receiver because they felt they were a win-now team. And when, as it all turns out, they're in the worst division in recent NFL memory, and they're the only ones that have no chance to win it. So they need to start that thing over again. And you don't start over again around a $38 million quarterback who you have for one year. So he can force their hand. And Shefty said it this morning, and that was when it really clicked in my mind. Because Shefty loves to shoot down my theories. I will throw things out there. I'm a talk show host. Shefty's a reporter. I'll throw a million ideas at him. And he loves to shoot them down. It's like skeet. What is that? That skeet, you know, you pull and you shoot. And Shefty will just start knocking my ideas down one after another. But this one he jumped on this morning. This one he said, 
the Dak Prescott story will be the number one story of the upcoming NFL offseason. And it will. What are the Cowboys going to do? What does Dak want? How would Dak look in San Francisco? Spectacular. How would he look in Chicago? Spectacular. How would he look in Indianapolis? Spectacular. Are they going to need a quarterback in New Orleans next year? Maybe. Are they going to need a quarterback in Tampa Bay sooner than later? Certainly. And that's just, I, I, that's just right off the top of my head. I haven't even thought about it. He will have an endless list of suitors. And the reality of the situation is this goes all the way back to the beginning. And I will give credit to Mike Tannenbaum. You understand why these guys become general managers? Because they understand this stuff. He didn't become a general manager because he had enough money from other businesses to buy a team. That's how the general manager of the Cowboys got to be the general manager. It takes extraordinary intelligence and success to be who Jerry Jones is. But it doesn't mean you know how to put together a football team. And the reality is that two years ago, they should have done a deal with Dak. If they had seen this coming, they'd have gotten that done first. Instead of getting everything else done before it. They did everything in the reverse order. They did everything backwards. And Tannenbaum, to his credit, was yelling about that on my television show. And frankly, we weren't listening closely enough because we didn't buy into Dak. Well, Dak Prescott hasn't played since week five, and he still has more 400-yard passing games than any quarterback in the NFL this season. Isn't his fault they were two and three when he went down. And since then, they've been the worst offense in the NFL. The New York Jets watch them play offense and think, well, at least we're not that. So that's what Dak Prescott is. And Dak Prescott is on his way out of Dallas. They just don't know it yet. And so just keep a close eye on that, because that is now going to become the number one story in the National Football League the moment this season ends. Greeny with you. And when questions find you, Merrill Edge Self-Directed Investing has personalized tools and insights to help you find answers. Get started at MerrillEdge.com slash within reach. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner and Smith Incorporated, registered broker dealer, member SIPC. I am Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. I'll have Paul Feinbaum with me in just a few minutes on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. I mentioned Dak is going to be the story of this coming NFL offseason. The story of last offseason, of course was Tom Brady, who right now is reminding me more and more of Michael Jordan than ever. They are both the goats of their respective sports. They have the same number of championships, six apiece. And they have something else in common. Michael Jordan, throughout his tenure in Chicago, wanted more of a say than he was ever given in personnel decisions. I'm telling you it's true, I was there. Jerry Krause wasn't having any of that. His philosophy basically was, you play, I'll make those decisions. That is not the only source, but was a source of friction between Jordan and Kraus. And you saw that plain as day on the last dance last summer. Tom Brady, I think, had a, probably a similar relationship with Bill Belichick. Does Bill seem like the kind of guy who was real interested in what Brady thought he should be doing at linebacker or at running back or at receiver? Doesn't seem that way. Certainly doesn't seem that way from the list of transactions they made. And it worked out pretty well. Now Tom Brady has gone to Tampa and it seems he's loading it up with his guys. And you know what we're figuring out? Tom Brady, the quarterback, is a lot better than Tom Brady, the general manager. And you lead look no further than the acquisition of Antonio Brown, which I am telling you, ignore whatever anyone else might say. 
Bruce Arians did not want. He didn't want it in March when he said he didn't want it, and he didn't want it in October when they did it. Brady did. In the seven games since Antonio Brown signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their offense has fallen off a cliff. And it is not because Antonio Brown is a problem. It is because he has taken the spot of a player who was actually making a difference. Scotty Miller, prior to the acquisition of Antonio Brown, was targeted 38 times, caught 25 passes for 400 yards, averaged over 15 yards a catch, by far the highest mark on the team. In the four games since making that move, Scotty Miller has been targeted a total of five times. Antonio Brown has been targeted 29 times. 20 catches, 168 yards, zero touchdowns. If you want to know where the problem is, Look no farther than the fact that they traded Scotty Miller's 15 yards a catch for Antonio Brown's eight. The team's fastest field stretcher is on the bench, and a 32-year-old possession receiver took his place. Can you guys make sure? I want to give credit words, too, because I got all of those numbers from a column that I read this morning, and I want to make sure that I credit it. And it's not written down here where I put my notes. So someone just tell me in my ear. And I, I want to give credit where it's due because th- those, were, those were all from a story that I read this morning that I think is just fascinating. And again, credit where it is due. It wasn't my reporting or it wasn't me who looked it up. But it is, it is undeniably true and important. Whoever would have thought with all those names on that team that Scotty Miller's absence would be making this much difference. But it does seem as though it has. And so I'm not sitting here saying Antonio Brown is the problem. But sometimes these things have impact on other things. It is why, for the most part, players play and general managers generally manage. The acquisition of Leonard Fournette hasn't done anything. Gronk has played well. Antonio Brown might actually have created more trouble than he has solved. So we'll see. The Bucks come off a bye week this week. They've got four games left, starting with Minnesota this week. Plenty of time to get things together and come out firing for the final quarter of the season and look like a championship-caliber team going into the playoffs. If they don't, things are going to get interesting. Okay, and that story was from Luke Easterling. Thank you. Luke Easterling provided those stats, and they were extremely good and interesting to me. I hope they were to you. Luke, that's a job well done. Meanwhile, I invite you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season is heating up, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Speaking of college football season, it is now my pleasure to welcome the one, the only, Paul Feinbaum to this program because there is very interesting stuff afoot in college football, and I wanted to get into it deeply with you. Paul, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, Grady. I I can't wait. Okay. So here's what I love about Feinbaum, and I was saying this to my staff this morning. Paul (laughs) thinks like I do. Like there's so many other people that are looking for the information. They're looking for the story. Paul is thinking about the angle. Paul is a talk show host in his soul. And that I think, Paul, is why you and I get along so well, because we're always looking for the talk show host's angle. And so here's the beauty. Ohio State has now been basically handed a ticket by its conference for any number of reasons. We can take issue with them if we want. But they've been handed a ticket to the conference championship game next week. 
And if they win that game against Northwestern, they will be a 6-0 and conference champion. What exactly do you think that should mean when we get to the end of this whole thing, when the ACC has a champ, when the SEC has a champ, with much more representative seasons? How do you think all this unfolds for Ohio State? It could unfold badly. And Greeny, I'm sitting here a couple hours ago and get up when you fired that at me and I'm like going, oh my goodness, I can't believe you asked me to try to differentiate now between Ohio State and Notre Dame because yesterday you know, everyone was declaring Ohio State in as long as they get to the Big Ten championship game. But here's the problem. Uh, it, it's the doomsday scenario, but it's one that obviously we love to talk about. Alabama loses. Probably won't happen, but it could. And then Notre Dame loses to Clemson. And then you have this committee, this, you know, this venerable August committee of 13 people deciding <laughs> the fate of the world, choosing between Ohio State, who has uh, slogged along with the, with the help and the dysfunctionality of the Big Ten, and uh, Notre Dame, which has played a full season, even though they borrowed a league uh, in the process. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, it's a uh, it's a Sophie's choice, really. I mean, because, you know, this is, these are two of the biggest uh, programs in, in the world, and they're also two of the most disliked fan bases. And uh, the only, my only regret, Greeny, before I even answer your question, is that we couldn't we, – we, this couldn't drag on forever. Uh, it will be decided the next day. And I think it, it's going to come down to the quote-unquote eye test. Who looks better in the championship game? If Notre Dame – plays another epic game, an overtime game against Trevor Lawrence, and Ohio State has a pedestrian game against Northwestern, then I think Notre Dame wins. If, you know, remember a couple of years ago, Ohio State needed to be convincing in the Big Ten championship game, and they weren't, and the, and the nod went to Alabama for the fourth spot. So I, I think it's, it's going to come down to the things we hate the most about college football, the, the subjectivity of human beings versus in the past computers, and, and I think that's how it will be decided. Uh, it's, it's all about how they play. Right, in the inability, which they do have to their excuse, to settle everything on the field. When, when you can't settle everything on the field, you do have to find other ways to do it. Greeny and Paul Feinbaum here. So I, one of the things you bring up I think is interesting. If you were to name the three most significant brands in college football today, not the three best programs because Clemson would belong in that, but the three most significant brands in college football today, they would be, in no order, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Ohio State, right? Would, would those be the three top ones? I think they would be, and there would be... Easily. A, uh, right? I mean, okay. There, yeah. I mean, there, there really, at this point in time, isn't much debate. Good. Um, those are the names that, that garner the biggest ratings, the biggest, the biggest sales. And, yeah, I mean, there, there, there are quite a few at the next tier, but those three stand alone. Right. So you've got those three. That's my beauty point. See, again, you and I, we're thinking like talk show hosts. So you've got the three most significant brands in the sport. And basically, there's only room for two. If Clemson beats Notre Dame, they're getting in. Stop me if I get any of this wrong, because you live in this stuff every day and I don't. If Clemson beats Notre Dame, they're getting in. Their only loss would be without Trevor Lawrence in double overtime. So they're getting in and they would have avenged that loss. Um, if Florida beats Alabama, they have to get in, right? They're an SEC champion with a win over the number one team in the country and only one loss. So they have to get in. So that leaves Alabama, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. One of those three has to get left out, right? And, and, and so my question then becomes, which of those three is it? Yeah, I'm going to put Alabama in, Greeny, uh, in, because you know, Florida gets in because you know, there are only losses to Texas A&M, which would be at probably you know, the top five or six. 
Alabama is going to get in because they've been the best team all year, and their loss would be to a top-six team in a championship game. So then you come down to Ohio State, which you know will have played now six whole games, uh, versus Notre Dame, which you know, which uh, you know started early and, and finished late, and you know they they did not look great early on because of, of COVID issues. They barely beat a pedestrian Louisville team, twelve to seven. But they've looked really good down the stretch. They won at North Carolina. Uh, it would be help, uh, helpful if North Carolina beats Miami. I know this is minutia, but this is what these uh, geeks on the committee look at. And 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 then I, I and then you start thinking. You know, the the fans are going to say, "Well, we don't we, we don't want to see Clemson Notre Dame for the third time." Well, I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, I mean, it would have been a great event twice. So, uh, but you know, I think Ohio State has one thing going for it, though. The, the idea of putting two SEC and two ACC schools in, and, and I know the average fan listening uh, across the country is going, well, that's not how they're supposed to do it. But th- these committee guys and ladies think like television executives as well, and, and Ohio State represents a, a humongous part of the country now. So does Notre Dame, but uh, it all, the Big Ten does carry some weight, although it's diminished after uh, this the last three months of the year. Right. That's true from a football standpoint, but I think you're right. It's not true from an an interest standpoint. It basically brings you Chicago and that entire upper Midwest, which is huge college football country that, that they get enormous amount of their, of their viewership and their interest from there. I think it's second only to the Southeastern region in the country for that. Does Notre Dame bring them that though? I mean, it it is, is our Notre Dame and Ohio state interchangeable in that regard. In some respects, yes. Uh, the two biggest television markets for college football in the country are Birmingham, Alabama, and Columbus, Ohio. And I think mm-hmm. number three might be Spartanville or Spartanburg, uh, South Carolina, where Clemson is. But no, nobody replicates Notre Dame's fan base. Notre, I mean, Green, you lived in Chicago, Notre Dame country. You can go Philadelphia, New York, Notre Dame people. Notre Dame is universal. It's the it's the biggest name in the sport. Uh, so it, it's really a, it, 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 it's a fascinating debate. Uh, and that's why, you know, the last thing that these committee members see on that Saturday afternoon uh, with, with the, with the Clemson game and, and then the Ohio state game will, will really matter. And, and unfortunately for, for Ohio state, and, and I say this with all due respect to Northwestern beating Northwestern won't be as significant to them in calculating whatever they're going to figure out as opposed to Clemson and Notre Dame. So, I mean, the, both games have to be close, though. If Clemson beats Notre Dame badly, then uh, I think the edge will clearly go to Ohio State in that scenario. But one, one thing people need to remember, I don't see, Ohio, I don't see Alabama losing. So uh, I know it's fun to discuss, but, but that's, that's the fly in the ointment. So if Alabama loses, and I agree with you, Northwestern, um, th- that momentum that we had that people were so excited about us losing that game to Michigan State, if this was an unbeaten Northwestern team that was in the top 10 as we were at that point, I think it might have changed the math in the way you're describing. But, but so just to, to put a ribbon on the conversation, if Alabama does win, then it's as simple as this. Alabama, Ohio State, assuming they win, and Clemson and Notre Dame both get in almost regardless of what happens in that game. Is it that simple? I think it's a fait accompli, absolutely. But um, what if Clemson right loses? What if Notre Dame beats them again? Um, that's interesting. So, you know, then you have Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and then that opens the door uh, for possibly, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. because we're Texas like A&M? Automatically going to win. Yeah, Texas A&M is probably the next school. I, I don't think, you know, 
Iowa State's out there lurking. Uh, they moved up to number seven this week. I don't think they can jump over A&M. A&M's only loss is, is to Alabama. It's by 28 points on the road, but they do have a significant win over Florida, but then Florida's a two-loss team. I think it's A&M, uh, and, 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 but, you know, Cincinnati's out there, missed a big opportunity this week to play. Uh, I, I, think, I, think the, I think the big leagues win, win here. You're the best, Paul. Thank you. If I don't talk to you tomorrow, have a great weekend. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Green. A pleasure. Paul Feinbaum with me. I love going through that stuff. College football gives you more to talk about than any other sport, and that is one of the things I love the most about it. Coming up next, a superstar says something that I actually believe, but it isn't going to change anything. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like For the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. The Milwaukee Bucks lose. The best team in the NBA is gone. Hopefully you can build a culture in Milwaukee for many years that we can come out here and compete every single year for the championship. Half past the hour. Greedy with you on ESPN Radio as we roll along. Coming up in a half hour, Lewis Riddick all around the National Football League. And we will air your grievances coming up. In just a little while as well, it's Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. Next. You may have heard the sound. Sounds good. No, it sounds great. But Greeny has it. It's time for First Impressions. Oh, we haven't done this in a while, but um, it is going to be my first impression of this soundbite. So Giannis Antetokounmpo, let me make sure you're clear on his situation in Milwaukee. He has one year left on his deal, and he has a deadline in 11 days for the Supermax. To be clear, December 21st is the last day that he can sign the maximum possible contract he could be eligible for. Doesn't mean he couldn't re-sign with Milwaukee after that date, but he would lose some money in the process. Doesn't sound like he's anywhere near signing in the next 11 days, so it is irrelevant. But I've heard about this sound, but I haven't heard it. This is Giannis yesterday saying he's not focused on his contract. Let's hear it. Uh, right now, Eric, I'm not, I'm not focusing on that. You know, I know my, my agent, Alex, and um, John Horst and the Bucks ownership are focusing on uh, those discussions, and I'm just trying to focus on myself, how I can get better, how I can help my teammates be better, how I can be ready. Saturday to play our first preseason game. Okay, so here's what I would say. Giannis is a very earnest person, I think. And I think he's legit. And I think he's being totally honest with you and with himself. 
which is to say, I don't think Giannis has made up his mind. This is not a situation like Carmelo Anthony was or Dwight Howard was or so many others where they knew what they were doing. They let the organizations know ahead of time and, and let the chips fall where they may. Anthony Davis is the more recent example of that. I don't think Giannis is there, but I don't think there's anything he can do about the fact that his future, assuming December 21st comes and goes, the speculation about his future is going to be the number one story in Milwaukee and probably across the NBA all year long, regardless of what he does. Until the day he signs a contract, or at least definitively says, I'm not leaving here, that's the number one story. Because Giannis is a young, still emerging and improving superstar who plays in one of the smallest markets in the NBA. And it will be a a point of discussion because every team in the sport wants him. And again, you know my perspective if you listen to this show. A chain is only as strong as its weakest link. So I believe if you're not going to have, if it's not good for the sport to have Giannis in Milwaukee and Zion in New Orleans and John Morant in Memphis, then you shouldn't have teams in Milwaukee, New Orleans, and Memphis. If you just want them to be the Washington Generals. So I hope he stays. It's better for the sport if he stays. But we all know that's not what the conversation is going to be. The conversation is going to be, what's Giannis going to do? Is he going to go out west? Is he going to finally become one superstar who wants to go to the Knicks? We'll see. All the big markets. Chicago's an hour and 15 minutes from Milwaukee. So that is going to be the topic of conversations literally regardless of what he does or what he says from this point forward. All right, Greeny with you. Um, ESPN listed the top 100 players in the NBA in order, by the way. That always gets people crazy. I will go through my grievances with it in 25 minutes, and then we will open up the phones to yours. So all that is about a half hour away. But there's something else I really want to address here for just a moment. Mike Krzyzewski got a good deal of attention for something that he said the other night. After his team lost, they've lost two games. They don't look like a vintage Duke team. And Mike Krzyzewski was talking about his concerns about them playing a season in the midst of this pandemic. Let me let you hear it in case you have. This was Coach K. I would just like, just for the safety, the mental health and the physical health of our players and staff, like to assess where we're at. I know somebody will take what I'm saying tonight and make it like I'm making excuses. I don't make excuses we need to get a lot better, but for the good of the game and the good of the, the safety of the mental and physical health of our players and staff and whatever, we, we need to constantly look at this thing. Okay, so now let's make this Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Let me say what he can't say. You don't have to like Mike Krzyzewski. It's not my job to tell you to like him or to like Duke. I know that there are a lot of people out there that hate Duke, and there are a lot of people out there that don't like Coach K because the kind of success that he's had and they've had over the years always inspires a lot of haters. And I know there's a perception that he gets all the calls and all of that, whatever, and that a ton of people love him so much. That's fine. If you want to dislike him, then by all means, feel free. I'm not his PR representative. I'm not here to tell you what you should think of him. And if you want to root against Duke the second they step on the court every single time they play, God bless you. That's entirely between you and them. It has nothing whatsoever to do with me. doesn't make a bit of difference to me. But I will say this as someone who knows Coach K and knows of things that he has done that are not public, more than you could possibly count, that to impugn the integrity of that man 
based upon this situation, to, sink, to, to accuse him, which I saw all over the place, well, Coach K, if he had Zion this year, if this was a vintage Duke team, he would never say this. He'd be telling them, to, we got to play through this no matter what. You're really insulting a human being by saying that. I mean, step back for a moment. I know we live in a society now where you can say anything you want on social media, but just stop and think for a minute. Think about who this person is and who he has shown himself to be over the years. Think about all the things you know about that he's done to help people and to make the lives of people better, much less the things you don't know about. But take it from me, there are more of them than you could ever possibly count. And you're sitting here saying that his concern over the level of, 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 of health and safety of his and all the other players in the country is determined by how good he thinks his team is this year? Come on. So if any person is saying that on social media, just know your, your role in this is to be ignored. And if anyone with an actual platform is saying that, my advice is stop paying attention to what they say. Because nothing could be not only further from the truth, but candidly, it's insulting. It's insulting to a person who deserves far better than that. Greeny, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Lewis Riddick in about 15 minutes, but right now it's time for Who You Got, which is a binary proposition. Our disheveled board operator, hashtag Bubba, will give me a a variety of questions, and I will get to choose between two options, and we'll see how we do. Hello again, hashtag Bubba. Hi there. (laughs) How are we doing? Are you very excited for Taylor Swift's new album, which drops tonight at midnight? Uh, I mean, I would say I'm more excited... No, I'm no, I'm not. Then at what? All. Then I, what? I, I was trying was at the end of a sentence. Yeah, I was trying to think of something. No, I'm. I could care less. No. Now, now people understand what I put up with here. You <laughs> yeah, actually I, said you're more excited, and then just stopped talking. Yeah, I mean, I, I could. I, no, it's, who <laughs> okay. cares about Taylor Swift's album? I mean, well, read this. <laughs> read this Taylor Swift album. I mean, she's what, what It's we, exciting. It's not. Let's, I'm excited let's, about. Let's grow it. up. Let's okay. grow up. <laughs> uh, who you got? Brought to you by Granger. Let's get serious here. All right. Okay. Taylor Swift. Eric Bieniemy. He's not an option, all right? We're throwing him out. But okay. if you're a fan of a team, it could be any team, you know, Jets, but it could be any team. Who would you want? An up and coming assistant or recently in the news, Marvin Lewis? Who you got? Oh, my goodness. Uh, have you seen what happened the last time my team hired one of these quarterback gurus, one of these quarterback whisperers? 
Listen, that was a terrible trend in the National Football League. Here's what happens. Almost all businesses are copycat businesses. So the Los Angeles Rams hire Sean McVay, who happens to be really smart and really good and a really good leader and also an offensive guru and super young. And so he had great success and everyone looked at the wrong side of that. They didn't say he's a really smart and good leader. They said, well, he's a young offensive guru. So anyone who has his number in their contacts, I'm hiring that guy. And it has begotten a slew of hirings just like it. And none of them have worked. Basically, every one of them has been unsuccessful. The one obviously with the Jets has been the worst of them all. Marvin Lewis, in the meantime, took the Cincinnati Bengals to the playoffs seven times. In the entire history of their organization, when he wasn't their coach, they've been to the playoffs seven times. He is a, a proven track record of success, is a very good coach. I would much rather have Marvin Lewis. What's next? Yeah, I think I'd be more excited for a Marvin Lewis uh, album instead of Taylor Swift. <laughs> so that's my You've answer. You've never heard Marvin sing. That's my, Marvin uh, is a very good singer. That's my answer. Okay. Uh, Saints-Eagles on Sunday. So who gets more starts at quarterback next year? Taysom Hill? Carson Wentz, who you got? Oh, Carson. Well, I thought you were going to ask me Taysom Hill or Jalen Hurts. Carson Wentz is an easy answer. Carson Wentz is going to be the starting quarterback for the Eagles week one. I don't know who their coach is going to be, but Carson Wentz is going to be their quarterback, and Carson Wentz will resurrect something. I don't know what. I don't know that his career will ever live up to the promise that it seemed to hold, but he's too good to be this bad. Taysom Hill, I think, is not an NFL starting quarterback. I think he is a really good change of pace i think he's a fabulous guy to have on your team because he can contribute in other ways and can step in as he has in exactly this circumstance uh, if your starting quarterback gets hurt but i do not think he is a team's regular starter so i will definitively say carson wentz this is who you got with hashtag bubba on the show called hashtag greenie on espn radio bubba what's next yeah there are four weeks left in the nfl season who is one team currently in the playoffs that will not make it who you got well, uh, I think that the answer to that could very well wind up being Minnesota. Is, is Minnesota or Arizona in? One or the other of them have the tiebreaker. But I'm telling you right now, I told you, you heard it here yesterday first. Two teams from the NFC East are going to get in. Washington and the Giants are both going to get in. Minnesota is in. If Minnesota loses this week to Tampa, which they will, the Giants beat Arizona, which they will, and Washington beat San Francisco, which they will, then all four of those teams, Minnesota, the Giants, Washington, and Arizona, will all be 6-7. and seven. I believe that the two teams from the NFC East are both better and playing better, and I think they will make it. So I will say the team that's currently in that will not make it is the Minnesota Vikings. Hashtag Bubba, what's next? All right, and how about the one team outside looking in that will definitely make the playoffs? Who you got? Well, I mean, by the, the logic I just gave you, I guess it's Washington, but I'm... I'm going to take another one for you and say I, I would not bet anything against Bill Belichick. I think they're going to win tonight in L.A., and I think the Patriots have a chance of sneaking in. I, 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 if I had to bet on one of those two, I'd probably bet on Washington, but there's a part of me that wants to say New England because it's a more compelling and interesting answer. So for the sake of the compelling and interesting answer, I will respond the New England Patriots. Hashtag Bubby, you got one more? Yep, one more. And the question you asked this morning on Get Up, I'll ask you now. Who is the biggest challenger to the Chiefs? Who you got? Oh, it, it's easy. I actually have an entire essay prepared to, uh, to air tomorrow morning on Get Up that I've written with my collaborator, Mr. Hembo. 
But the answer is that the team that has singly put together what the best opportunity to beat Kansas City is the Buffalo Bills in either conference. And tomorrow I will get into a variety of of reasons why. But there are all sorts of statistical reasons why the Bills are the best suited to knock them off. They, They could do it very much the way the Raiders did. If you look at the way the Raiders beat Kansas City, you have to outscore them. You have to out-explosive them. You, ha- you cannot try and hold Patrick Mahomes to 16 points. It's not going to happen. It never has. Patrick Mahomes has lost nine games as an NFL starting quarterback, which in- unto itself is unbelievable when you think about it. But in those nine games, his team has averaged scoring over 31 points. You don't beat them 21-17. You have to match them score for score, and you have to put him on the bench. So I will say the Buffalo Bills, and I'll give you all the details tomorrow. Hashtag Bubba. Who you got? Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickgranger.com slash safety or just stop by. All right. Well done, hashtag Bubs. We got a big hour coming your way, including Lewis, uh, Lewis Riddick all around the NFL right off the top of our next hour. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.